Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I'm a little bit nervous and a little bit excited about today's episode because I have a, a good friend of mine. Would you say good? A great friend. I don't know you're about great. I, you're the reason I'm in LA. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all that. Uh, I wouldn't say great. Okay. No, I would say great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I would say great. So I have a great friend um, who's never been on my podcast, and this is his first time. So uh, it's going to be interesting. We told ourselves that we're just going to talk like no one's listening, uh, which is, you know, always the the best kind of conversations. Um, before I before I introduce him, I, I want to say, say a few things. Okay, so Jeff, usually when I have a guest, I um, I have a videographer, right? I've got multiple mics with headphones. Uh, I have lighting. You know, it's a whole production. Costs like four hundred fifty dollars. It's it's not that you're not important because today we today I have nothing <laughs> today today we're sharing a mic. You stuck me on this chair that feels like you put together. I mean, this thing's gonna fall apart. Yes, and it, it, the the reason why uh, the production value is very low today is because um, this was very spot spot. Dude, it's gonna bother people. To, this is very spontaneous. Meaning, um, I just texted Jeff this morning and said, "Hey." 30 minutes ago. Yeah, come 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 over let's do the podcast. Um so I didn't have time to hire um professionals. Uh so so what's interesting is we're going to be at kind of a, at a kissing distance um because <laughs> we're sharing this mic. Also, uh it's like 90 degrees. Jeff came here on his Harley, so he's got ball sweat. He's uncomfortable. Um also you gave I, me you gave me shorts though. I did give him shorts. Uh, we also have um, mosquitoes, so there's a lot happening. Um, but you know what? This is. I mean, what else would you expect from a John Kim production? Not, 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 not much more. Yeah. Much so, more. so we're gonna um, we're gonna share this microphone. You could you could literally pick it up and use it as kind of a talking stick. Now, what's great about this is I tend to interrupt people, but if we do it this way, I can't interrupt, right? So whoever's holding the mic is the one talking, and it kind of lets the other person kind of shuts them up. Let me tell you who Jeff, aka Jeff Head Coach. That's what comes up on my phone still. Uh, you haven't changed it? No. Was it three hours? Three years later? <laughs> three hours. Three years? How long has it been? Five? Nine. More than five. Nine. Holy shit. I moved here in 2015. Nine years. So I tell people Jeff fell from the sky because I met him on the internet. Um, I once had a, a CrossFit box. Or I was a, a part a part of it. Uh, I realized very fast it's not what I was meant to do in this world. And uh, Jeff was referred, and uh, he by was Andy. Yes, by a, a guy named Andy. Andy was on my podcast um, with Charlie and Nick. Uh, another reason why Jeff's on my podcast is that I feel like I've had all my friends on my podcast except him. So is that true? I, I think most. Well, it's makeup day. Um. He was coming, he wanted to get out of Delaware and he wanted to come to California and he was looking for um, a CrossFit box to be a head coach. <laughs> and so he lied about his friend time and we hired him <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the CrossFit box uh, didn't work out for me. Um, but uh, you know, what I love about that was it got him here 
And then since then, uh, Jeff has been thriving. Uh, he's a private coach to a lot of, uh, I would say, high-end clientele, celebrities. Um, also, he is uh, an athlete, does Ironmans and all this, uh, lives the lifestyle. You know what? Um, I got to say, one of the things that I, I um, admire about you is uh, you don't just tell people how to um, do fitness, but you you live it. Like Since I've known you, you've always done some kind of fitness. You, you don't say many nice things about me, to me. You don't compliment me very much. That was nice. Dude, you're right. Like if I, if I, you know, we're talking yesterday about, uh, I think we were talking yesterday about guy friends and how, um, all my guy friends kind of make fun of me and they don't really, um, compliment anything I do. And, uh, you, you, you do, you're, you're the only one that's really championed my, my books and stuff. But, uh, um, I think you're right. I, I I actually, I, I haven't, I don't, have I ever given you any? Com- I've given you compliments. I, I, I mean, occasionally, I'm sure you have. Yeah, just not one that I could remember. Well, I'm giving you one now. Okay, thanks. Okay, I have a question for you. So, um, tell me about uh, you in Delaware. Uh, one of the things that I actually uh, want to know is um, what it was ra- what it was like being raised by a single parent. Me being a parent today, oh man, Ooh. exponentially, my respect for single parents has gone up. Uh, now that I'm on the other side of uh, raising a three and a half year old. Are you done with your question? Yes. Okay. Um, I was just talking about this a few minutes ago. I was raised by a single mom and I had no siblings. Only child, single mom. Yeah. And I was just talking to a friend about this and he was like, uh, would you just have one kid? And I was like, definitely. I had the best childhood ever. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm just so close with my sisters. And like, I couldn't imagine raising a child that doesn't have that type of relationship with, um, with siblings. But I mean, my mom, my mom's like a very quote unquote, like girly woman, like, uh, and all of her friends were women. All of her, uh, friends had children that were all daughters. So by the time I was four, I asked for a Malibu Barbie dream house. (laughs) Wait, cause, cause that's what I knew. That's what I wanted. That's like what I was used to. I, I can I just say real quick. Um, so the same case for me, except I didn't know. I, I so I, my parents put a strawberry shortcake T-shirt on me when I was young. They just didn't know that what was for girls and boys. But I also <laughs> I also had a Malibu Barbie dream house. No joke. Anyway, go on. Um, so when I asked for that, she was like, oh, "I, I got to put you in sports or, or get some sort of like male role model in your life." So from four on, she put me in soccer, and then it kind of just evolved from there. Um. But yeah, with that being said, I mean, I, I went to a really small school and uh, I had very close friends and I liked my me time in the week. Like during the week I, I had, uh, we lived in this like very narrow three story, uh, like I was going to say townhome, but you know, a uh, little home in Delaware and she gave me the whole top floor. So wow. I had, a, I had a video game room. You were and, spoiled. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Video game room. And I had my bedroom. So I would go up there doing my homework and uh, I would just play video games and chill and watch movies. And I loved it. But um, every weekend, she was she was really good about letting me sleep out. So I would, I mean, I, I think there may have been four weekends from fifth grade on, sixth grade on where I wasn't at a sleepover. So 
no siblings, had good friends, was, wow. it was, was, was with my buddies in school all day. Then we had sports for two or three hours. Then we would have ASP, which is an after school program. So I was like with these guys for like 14 hours. So by the time my mom picked me up, I was like, I was ready to be alone. You know what? Do you think that, um, sport, sports, the locker room athletics is what kept you out of trouble because, uh, oh. you seem like someone um, because you know, your, your mom's a lovely person. Uh, also she was probably working. You, you probably could have done anything you wanted as far as getting into, you know, drugs and debauchery, at, you know, in high school. Right. Or maybe, you, maybe, maybe you did as well. I don't know. Uh, but do you think that sports gave you handrails for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, I'll, um, just say your question isn't another three and a half minutes long. Um, I, um, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I always say um, I have, I definitely have a super addictive personality, but I, maybe I'm just like really manic. I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but um, like health and fitness and all that, thank God, always took, it, it was priority number one. So, you know, there were people doing their, their things and the partying. Now, I, I definitely partook in all of that. Partook? Partaken? Partook. partook. Partaken? I don't know. I'm you're asking the wrong person. Okay, right. Um, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Your mom's gonna listen to this. You know, um, I, I have a lot of mom followers for for some I hope reason. My mom doesn't listen. Um, to this. I friends. was just kidding about all that. I actually never did any of that. So, um, but yeah, and and <clears throat> back to my mom. We didn't even have like butter and salt in the house. I mean, oh, she, she was healthy. Always, I yeah. mean, she. I, I, she was a good cook where her, 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 her list of things that she could make was long. I mean, she could make anything, but it had no butter, no salt. It was like fat free, sugar free, this, that, whatever. Um, which I hated as a kid, but now, yeah. you know, for me to, to, to go and pig out, it's like going to get barbecue or something, which really isn't that bad or Korean barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, where, where were we? What did you even ask me? My, well, uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, who Jason Bateman is. Of course. He's okay, so, smartless all the time. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he's known for like, he'll, he'll ask the, the celebrity guests like 14 questions. Be, and then they're like, that, that's exactly what I thought of. And they were like, and, and Will Arnett's like, get to the point. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. We yeah, don't yeah. even know what you're talking yeah. about anymore. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you being raised by a single mom. And, uh, that was he, the question before. Well, what would, let me ask you this. So what was the impact of you being raised by a single mom and not having um, any male role models or, or were your co colleagues? Because uh, – Okay. You, oh, I'm good. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, oh. What was the impact of that? Okay. You had the no impact. Dad. What the was the impact of that? Oh, God. <laughs> hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. Um, I, I think, um, 
So let, let, let's go back to the sports thing. So my mom put me in sports. Every picture of me playing soccer or basketball, whatever, it's like, it'll be like the yearbook picture, the the team picture at the end, and it's all these kids and then and then the coach. And I'm like, right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. So I like clung on to, yeah, cl- yeah, like yeah, yeah. Would, would cling on to these men. There's Older men. Way. Yeah. Like, like no, not in a creepy way, no, but like, no, right. yeah, like you, um, it's funny, like I've been in therapy forever and I was listening to this Dak Shepard podcast. Yes. And he was- I, talk- I was on it, Armchair Expert, go on. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone listened to that one. Um, he was there with Matt Damon. Matt Damon like has this super manly relationship with his dad and was like all into sports. And he only idolized and wanted to emulate one man. Mm. And Dax was like, yeah, that's so interesting because I grew up without a dad. And, and he's like a you know, quote unquote manly guy or yeah. whatever that even yeah. means these days. But- um, he was like, every guy in my life, it could be like a, a, a teacher or a coach or somebody I walk by on the street. He's like, oh man, that's really cool. I'm going to start doing that. Mm. I'm going to start, I'm going to start walking like that. Or right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wear my watch on my right hand now. And I do that big time where I, I, I find somebody, I don't know if I've ever done it with you. Like I would never wear like these pearl <laughs> bracelets or anything, but, um, yeah, you, you find these things and you latch onto them. So it's like, it's little qualities of, I don't know, 150 coaches and, mm-hmm. you know, colleagues or friends or people in college, whatever athletes that I've, I've sort of uh, latched onto at one point or another. And I've, I've, I've sort of, I've gathered all these different traits from all of them. Now, from the, from my mom's side of the thing, she'd be chatting with, all, and, and this is going way back. She'd be chatting with all her friends, all of her girlfriends, who I said all had all had daughters. daughters right. And you know, they'd be all talking, and, and gossiping about you know who's dating who and whatever. And you know, it, it, typically, um, you see these little boys in the corner with like their arms full, and they're like, oh, "Can we go?" And I would be under the table, like, "Oh, what did what did he say? Right. Did you go back on a date with him? Did it go well? What did you wear?" You know, so I, I have that 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 side of me that is very much like my mother as well. So it's about a, I, my personality is a, is a culmination of like 150 different men and my mother. Well, and so, like and us weekly. Yeah, what's interesting is uh, so as far as na- uh, nurture goes, because you was you were raised by a single mom, I, I think you actually relate to women sometimes more so than men. And then it's because of your athletics in the locker room. And not having a father growing up, um, there's also a emulation or maybe a gravitation that you're not aware of, where uh, you're drawn you're drawn to to men in a way, kind of like a father figure, uncle kind of thing. I don't know if it's if it's now. How old are you now? Thirty six. Thirty six. So I don't I don't I don't know if it's faded now, um, but this is actually uh, very normal and and usually the case for. Any any guy who was raised uh, by a by a mom, single mom, and uh, so there's this interesting like, uh, you know, you are quote unquote very masculine as far as like muscles. You think so? I mean, uh, depending on the definition, but yeah, you have that quality. But then you also have a very, I think, a sensitive side um, that comes from um, being raised by a, a single mom. No? Yeah, and, and I and I want to say this. You said how I gravitate towards women probably more than men. I definitely have always had- Relate to, maybe. Yeah, yeah, relate to. But I, I had this interest, re- interesting relationship with guys. And this is also another 
uh, interesting fact where a lot of my friends growing up, and I went to this this school where everyone's parents were like together, and one was a, a lawyer and the other was a doctor. And I remember we were sitting after this basketball game, and everyone kind of like branched out and did their own thing. And me and my six friends um, all went out, and we were, you know, like we went to the macaroni grill. <laughs> And we got food and my mom, whenever my mom has to announce something, she goes like this. She leans forward and she goes, you know what? And then she went on her little spiel. She was like, you know what? Isn't it interesting how in in your entire grade, all you boys, all the boys that are in your school, you guys all gravitated towards one another and look around at this table. It's all boys with single moms. We're the only ones. We all kind of grab it. And we kind of, ha- I feel like there's like, a, there's like a way we communicate differently than other guys that probably grew up with a father. Yeah. And even, it's still even true to this day. A lot of my like really good friends were raised um, by their, just their mom or like their dad was present, but not for very long of their life or he was in and out of their life. But I think, um, I, I do think the, the guys that are in my life who, you know, had that, uh, you know, fairy tale childhood, grew up with a mom and dad and the white picket fence and all yeah. that. Dad, um, dad teaching them how to play baseball, go yeah. camping. Yeah. Stuff. And sort of the cliche manly, like, I don't cry. I don't talk about feelings. I'll ask all those questions. Yeah. And I, and I like go there with them. And those guys who don't talk about anything, you ask them those questions and they won't shut up. Well, you're, it's you're like, actually, it's been a trap door for years and they just unleash on you. So people like you, uh, and also people like Dak Shepard, um, who are quote unquote manly men, but also, you know, sensitive, um, you guys are Trojan horses because men can relate to you or you're very competitive with them. So you have that bond. And then when you start talking about things that, uh, quote unquote men don't usually talk about in locker rooms because they have that bond with you, they'll, they'll open up right now. If you didn't have the, the manliness, if you didn't have whatever the motorcycle or the muscles, um, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm stereotyping. These are compliments. I mean, these are more compliments I've ever gotten. I'm going to give them to you all today and then probably never, ever again. Um, then, uh, if you didn't have that, uh, uh, they wouldn't open up to you, I think. Does that make sense? So in a way, uh, you kind of create a, create a bridge. And yeah. That's what I mean by tro- tro- Absolutely. Tro- Absolutely. And it was, um, it's always been like that. So that's kind of where I always kind of go back to when I get asked questions like that. Like sports were, I mean, look, I was never the best athlete in the world, but I was good enough to, all my friends were very good at sports. So I, I always kind of consider myself like a little, lower on the scale or tier of them what if i have to burp do i have to no i burp all the time on my podcast in the mic uh i try not to uh, maybe away from the mic okay. but uh it, it went away um the burp really uh soda water. oh 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 okay yeah the soda water waterloo um are we not allowed to talk about brands well i mean these guys would never sponsor you. This Why is like not? a big because this is a big company. Oh, that's I mean, you're, cool. you're that's you've cool. you've got me on a rickety chair. This is this would you know. I have a lot of maybe big, this I have company. a lot of big sponsors maybe this on my company. <laughs> polar, it's like polar. a polar bear with that dra- dra- drawn like a. Where do you think I got these? Free from the, my sponsors? No, I thought they just dropped this off at your door. Um. Um. Anyway, so the whole sports thing. No, I need to tighten the vice. Okay, go ahead. You finish, and then I need to start tightening the vice. I'm going to make you a little bit uncomfortable because uh, I'm going somewhere with all of this. Where I was going was... Yeah, you kind of tricked me. How, how I didn't does, know we were going to be talking about all this stuff. How, how does all of this uh, impact your relationships? So oh, how, how does, how does uh, 
growing up without a male figure, um, growing up with a single mom, how do you think all of that uh, contributes to relationships as you became an adult? So 20s, you know, 30s. And we don't have to get into specifics or names, but just broad strokes. Okay, I can answer this. My mom and I, she really spoiled me. Big time. I can see that. Not financially. Yeah. Emotionally. emotionally. We, we, went on, we went on one trip when I think I was five or six to Orlando because I loved alligators and she took me to this zoo that had a, I mean, you were, you were, a, an albino alligator. Can, can I just, sorry. Uh, you don't want to hear about that. No, I'm imagining if it was just me and Logan and against the world, I mean, I would give her my life. I mean, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like if I was a single parent and all I had was a daughter- we we would be inseparable. I would give her everything, and that's probably kind of what it, you're, you know, what it was like for you. And now, how do you think the how do you think the boys that she's going to be dating are gonna would would compare to you after your super dad her entire life? Mm, right. So that's the same thing. Mm. So emotionally, she emotionally she really spoiled me. I mean, she was, she was always there for, there for you, me. Right. If right. I murdered somebody in front of in front of her, she'd be like, Jeffrey didn't do it. Right. He didn't do right. it. Not my Jeffrey. Yep. So that became my definition of love. Mm. And not that I was ever in and out of prison or rehab, but if I was, my mother would be putting money on the on my uh, on my commissary. She'd be visiting me right, right. every day in rehab, right. bringing me turkey sandwiches. I could do no wrong. Yeah. You know, and I, ex- I always expected that from my, from my spouse or from my girlfriend or whatever. And I remember talking to a therapist and she was like, well, imagine the other way around. Imagine if your girlfriend was in and out of prison and doing drugs all the time. I don't know why I'm going so dark with these, with, with these uh, uh, metaphors here, but I was like, oh God, no, I would, I would never be with them. They need, they need to get help. Mm. And she's like, yeah, I don't know why you have this expectation that these people are going to be with you no matter what. I mean, people, they come and go. And as you say, like they ebb and flow and it's, you know, can you grow together? But I just have, I always had this idea of how I should be treated. And I mean, it's just my, my idea of love and, and I've, I've been working on it, but my idea of love is so unrealistic. Oh, the, the, so well, because your mom has that bar so high, so high. And like what she would do for me, she's always there for me and drops everything for me. And it's just, it really affects my relationship. So that's really interesting. So in relationships, you, the expectation you, you put on someone, um, to love you is, is, is compared to that, which, which I don't think is fair or also realistic, right? No. And no one can anticipate somebody's needs better right. than my mother. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And I've become really good at that. It's like, okay, this person worked a really long day. They like this type of food. Uh, it's really hot out. I'm going to set the AC to this and like get all these little things set up and make sure all the dogs are fed. Right. And I'll bring the duvet cover on the couch to make it set up like a bed so they can just lounge out there. Like, Maybe go a little over the top sometimes, but that's that's the scene you, you you're used to walking into. Yes, so that's as, what I'm used to as an adult. That you're not going to probably get that. Maybe a little bit of that, but not to that degree. Well, it, maybe if I would communicate to them that I need that, but I don't. That's the other problem. I, my mom did everything for oh. me. I never had to ask her for a thing. Oh, so, so not, I do all muscle. these things. I like love the surprise element of everything. Right. So. I like to do these things and they walk in, they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You're amazing. Make out with me. And when 
I come home and I've worked for 14 hours and, you know, the dogs haven't been fed right. or there's no dinner. I'm like, oh, what a bitch. Yeah. So you then know? you fall off that cliff, the expectation. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. I never communicate what I need. It's, right. I, I'm always like, hey, I'm expecting, on my way home. Expecting. It's not like, hey, can, can we start do this for dinner? Or I, I, you know, I, I'm going to get home and shower and then, you know, do, would you mind cooking dinner and feeding the dogs? I just come in and expect all these things. And then when they're not done, I get really resentful. Yeah. Hey, um, first, I want to say thank you for being so honest and transparent, uh, you know, because what we're doing right now is we're using your story to help other people. So um, that's really interesting. So the the uh, the thing that happens in childhood and your relationship, I mean, we're talking about attachments, right? So your relationship with parent or parents and how that forms expectations or the tracks when you grow up and then you experience um, love. And so, you know, a lot of codependency here, a lot of expectations, a lot of um, being pampered, and then um, the bar being so high that no woman will probably um, meet those expectations. And then, of course, um, you know, reacting from that. Hey, by the way, I also burp constantly when, when I'm drinking soda water. So, uh, but, then, but you're doing it and then you're, you're like talking into the microphone. And it's going up No, my I'm nose. drinking um, the fake Coke. But That's why I don't drink soda yeah, water. But you should turn and burp. That's I think being respectful. I think being aware. I think being aware. So you're aware of this stuff, right? So now, at uh, as as a 36 year old, because I think you know, 35 is when I. Your age is when I did my first squat of my life. Your age is when I uh, first. I thought you worked out in college. No, I skated and uh, uh, did a lot of bench pressing, but I never. And I was a bench warmer. So uh, unlike you, I was not an athlete. I was on the football team, but I was a kid with the whitey shirt. Uh, although I was athletic, I wasn't an athlete. So when I found CrossFit, I had this huge false belief. And so when I went up against someone like you, I would sabotage, I would stutter, I would get scared. Um, and then once I realized I could do some things like burpees or you know things, uh, and I started to tie quote unquote athletes, it shifted something in me. And this is why Jeff and I worked out the other day and we're very competitive. Um, and this is this how'd is that go? Jeff won, but he cheated. <laughs> By what? Finishing two and a half minutes before you? No, no Jeff didn't cheat, but I, I, did. I, I actually I, I did, did extra reps. I actually I did didn't extra cheat. reps. I actually didn't cheat. You just did an an additional round that you didn't need to do. I, I have this card in my back pocket that I'm going to pull out if the the conversation goes sideways and it's titled "Come Clarity." And I don't want to pull it out yet. So <laughs> let's let's keep going with this because it's really fascinating. So at now 36, and I got to say, um, you know, you've had a lot of relationships. Uh, what's next for you? Because because look, 36. Look, I got a divorce at 35. Where you're at right now, maybe maybe one year sooner is is when I was broke, had nothing, found CrossFit, bought my first motorcycle. Like my entire rebirth started mm -hmm. at you now, and mm -hmm. and I don't know, maybe there's a part of you that feels like you're old, but you're like, dude, you're actually your age is when I started, <clears throat> and I was wearing you know khakis, working in nonprofit, and doing my first squat at 36. Right. Um. Can I what, be honest? You, can I be honest with I you? I hope you're honest. Th th this isn't. Um, <laughs> This this it might come off mean to you. Oh, I'm used to it, Jeff. No, but it, I'm a late bloomer. But, but let me, I get it. You're going to say, I'm a, you're gonna say let, John, I'm not you. And, no, 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 uh, and, and no, I'm a late no, bloomer. I'm no. a, I am a late bloomer. No, this is no. It's it's different. Um, but you being a late bloomer. So 
for me, when I met you, I think you were 40, 40 60. How old are you? Well, right, I'm 72 now okay. uh, in Korean years. Because uh, okay. in Korea, you're one year older. Okay. So you were, you were in your younger 40s and you're right. You were like driving the motorcycle and talking into phones all day. I had a, a parrot. A cockatoo. You had a parrot and I was like, oh, Banksy. God. I was like, man, I don't, I hope this is not where I'm at when I'm 40. This is, this that's is not little, true. This is, that's a, not true. This Bullshit. is a, this I is think a when, little scary. Well, when now you, listen, I want, again, I wanted to emulate you when I was like 28, 29, but you're not letting me finish. You're not letting me finish. So that scared me. And then I, cause I was always like, God, when I'm 41, my kid's going to be five years old. I'm going to be coaching them in soccer practice, oh, whatever. Years. And when I hit 30, I, that fear got worse. Now, and it, it's not just about you. Like, oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah, I yeah. really don't want it. That yeah. it's like your face wasn't like imprinted. Yeah, in my yeah. Hand. You're like, not. You're really not saying that. That's the poster of yeah. I don't want to be that yeah. guy. Yeah. It wasn't you. It was just. It was also Los Angeles and Delaware, two very different places. And two very yeah. different places. Yeah. And it really wasn't until a year and a half ago, maybe even a year ago, less than a year ago, where this whole self-induced pressure of me needing to get married and wanting to have kids. I want to do all that stuff. And instead of being afraid of ending up like you, I was looking forward to ending up like you. Wait, but which sense, version of me when I was in my forties? The whole thing. Me as a the whole thing. Cause I do have a family now. I do exactly. Right. Exactly. But you took your time Oh yeah. and you did it. You, you kind of, I wouldn't say on your own terms. I, I don't want Vanessa <laughs> to come out here and beat my ass, I, uh, but, yeah. but you know, you took your time and, for whatever reason, something in my body, this whole cliche age is just a number, just like released. And I mm. was saying, I, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm doing well. I've got great friends. I don't know if we're, you said that we're not great friends, but good. I, I said, we're good some, friends. I've got some good, good friends. I think you saying friends. great is putting an expectation on me, except good. Good is good. Okay. Anyway. So I came to this realization. I was like, well, you know, life's good. I don't know why I'm putting all this pressure on myself to do all these things mm -hmm. that I don't need to do right now. And, and you said Delaware and LA are very different. Yeah. If you're 40 in and Delaware. living in Delaware and you have never been married right. and you have no kids, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you had a dark yeah. past and something yeah. mentally is unstable with you <laughs> out here. It's the norm. Yeah. Standard. I mean, these, you know, like yeah. you yeah. as a 50 year old, you're beating everybody in class. That's the only compliment I'll give you. Not everyone, but most. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, maybe I take all that back. But, um, you sure, know, he's it, talking it's about like, fitness class, not math. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Math. <laughs> um, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm, th that's, that's 14 years away from me and you're in these classes and doing what everybody else is doing. Plus more. It's like, I don't know what this looming doom I have over my head mm. is all about. And I got rid of it. And so you're asking me what I'm going to do now. It's just not worry about that. I mean, taking just experiencing life and going through life, not having that on your brain is really nice. No, you're, you're actually uh, talking about something. Can that's I open huge. this? Yeah, of course. The unsponsored um, one. We're not sponsored by that's Polar. Polar. All that's natural self <laughs> You're not someone who would sponsor you. You're talking about that's fucked up. You're talking about something. You're talking about uh, 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 the ticking clock. You're talking about old blueprints. Um, you know, this is a generalization, but a lot of women struggle with this because they're in their 30s and they don't have children or they don't have a family or they have, you know, have not, they don't have a, a whatever, a picket fence. Um, but 
man, it must be. So has this been a recent thing or in the last couple of years you have been able to uh, let it go, let it go, smash the clock? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I said, I said a year and a half, a year ago. I mean, it's been recent, but I, I, I mean, I, I, know, I know I'm friends with these women who have these, I, I kind of wanted to say this, but I, I don't know. What's the, 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 not the, the clock, biological clock. Yes. Internal yeah. Biological. Yes. Right. Are you sure? Positive. Positive. Okay. Um, God, imagine if I had that. Imagine if I was a woman and I feel the way how I do as a man. I mean, I would, I mean, that would, yeah, I would like crawl into a hole and be freaking out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how were you able to, let me ask you this, because uh, what you're talking about, many can relate to and still struggle with. How are you able to not put that pressure on yourself anymore? What, what, what got you there? Is it Los Angeles? Is it just moving here and seeing that other people are older and having kids later and not, you know, some aren't even getting mar- married? I don't know. I think just being around older dudes that either, I mean, I, I've, I've got friends and, and clients that are like, yeah, mid-50s. 50 with a two-year-old or right. 53 with yeah. a two-year-old. And yeah. it's totally fine and totally normal. And they're super happy. They're super healthy. They're super fit. You know, they're, they're doing these half Ironmans with me. And I'm like, that, that's like two decades away from where I am. What am I freaking out so bad about right now? I've got all the time in the world. Robert De Niro just had a kid at 80. Well, that, I don't mean, I don't know. I don't know about I mean, yes. You yes. don't think I should do that? I, no, I don't. There, I think there's a, maybe not my first. There may be an irresponsibility to that too, which is I don't. I don't know him, so I don't know. But um, what? What's gonna find out? You said that. I know. Fuck. Yeah, you, so him that. and Al Pacino both. Can you cuss kids. on this? Have you seen Pump Up the Volume? Christian Slater movie from the eighties. He he does no, this little. I wasn't uh, alive then. Yeah, I don't think you were alive then. He has a little. Uh, he does a little satellite radio show from his bedroom, and I I always um, trying to channel the spirit of that meaning that this is from my garage but yes we're we're the two guys with the bras on our head trying to make make (laughs) magic right (laughs) the weird science uh yeah we could do whatever we want um say whatever we want we don't want to get canceled but uh i was really nervous about that coming over here no one knows who i am i don't have instagram you can follow me at my name (laughs) on facebook i check it about once every three years but that's kind of the point is that uh I don't. I mean, you're not a nobody, but the, what the point is? I mean, in, in, in the social in your in your internet world. No, is. no, but I I know, but the but then you're also a, a, a more accurate example um, of someone who's 36, male, and going through life and struggles, and you know now new definitions. So let me ask you this: um, at 36, what's your new definition of a man? What is your definition of a man these days? Is it different? Also, what did you eat for breakfast? What's your favorite color? When did you shave last? I think green and bacon, <laughs> potatoes, and eggs. I've been eating that since like eighth grade. Um, What's your definition of a man? Oh, dude, come on. You, you, do, you, do you ever prep people before you bring them on here? No, man. I mean, at they're, least give them the time. Like, hey, I'm going to ask you this, this, and this. I have this big ride over here. I won't sweat my balls I, I think, off. I could at least thought about it. I, I think the best conversations happen in the here and now. So. Yeah, which would be fine if I knew this was going to be edited. But now you get this live stuff. People are saying things, and now I feel awkward, like just just pausing. You know, they're going to be you, like, you, they're going to leave. No, no, no. I think that's you know, uh, we've got look. You got six people on here. That's it's a big audience. I thought put, you put a couple more zeros after that. I thought you would do better than that. Oh, um, look, we got twenty seven. Now they feel bad for you. Um, my definition of a man. I don't know, man. My definition of a man not growing up with a dad was like the, you know, Frank Lambert. Carl Winslow, like uh, Carl Winslow, 
Carl Winslow, 90s Family Matters, oh, step by step, Jesus. all these guys. Okay. All right. So that's what I thought a dad was. Like, oh, right. you know, don't cry, be tough, learn yeah, how to yeah. fix stuff. Yeah. And my definition of a man now, I mean, I, let me just say this. As a friend and my expectations from a friend are loyalty. Mm-hmm. I want you, for the most part, to be honest with me. If you tell me a white lie and I find out, I don't care. If you lie to me about something big, that re- that that really bothers why me. Why do you not care about white lies? But because like, I tell them all the time. A lie? No, not my books. Yeah. Lie is not a lie. Okay. A big lie is a big lie. Um, if you're loyal and you're honest and you're there for people, um, and and this is men and women. I I don't know what what, what the difference is to be honest, but uh, just. Being a good person, I mean, you see all these things and, you know, all of these issues amongst friends and amongst family and in the world. And I think if people were just better at being decent, respectful human beings, the world would be a lot better. Yeah, I think you get that from, um, well, probably how your mom raised you, but also I, I actually think that you got that from Delaware. Those qualities like loyalty, like, you know, because I grew up in LA, it's all I know. Um, those aren't things that we put a lot of weight on, but no. I think in smaller towns, especially East Coast, yeah, like tell it how it is, loyalty, yeah. like that kind of. Take a New Yorker, don't right? Touch me. <laughs> Sorry, L.A. and <laughs> so take a New Yorker, yeah. right? People have their thing about New Yorkers. A New Yorker is not going to be your best friend right away, but God, if you get in with one yeah, of those dudes forever, right. or these girls, right. you're in for life, and so they got you for life. L.A. people are your best friend right away. Yeah, generally, and I and I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you're yeah. you're too nice and too buddy buddy, or you'll you'll make these you'll crack these jokes. I'm like, oh, oh man, we're we're not there yet. Mm. That kind of offended me. You know, where someone like you could say whatever you want. Let me tell you something. Did we have that trust conversation yesterday? Oh yeah. Then you said I'm at thirty percent. That's a dickhead thing. To say. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's in, talk about trust in Delaware. Yeah. School I went to. Every class you start with an A, a hundred percent. And then as my D minus has started rolling in, you know, that 100% would quickly drop. But for me, that's how trust works. If I meet you, I trust you 100%. I could be skeptical or apprehensive about something. But, you know, if, if, if I'm like, okay, this guy's cool, like, I'm going to hang out with him. Or this, uh, you know, I met this girl in, in class and she wants to do a workout tomorrow. Like, yeah, this is cool. Like, I'm going to uh, bond with this person. You started 100%. That's 100%. So you give people 100 right away. Sorry. 100%. Yeah. No However. And then they lower. Yeah. Little white lies, they don't really do anything. Like they don't really affect that 100%. Like mm. I might call them out. You might deduct two or three points. If you lie to me like or you lies. disappoint me, yeah. lack of communication, not being loyal, not like not advocating for me. I hear you're, you're, you're saying some, about you. yeah, like yeah, yeah. foul shit behind yeah. my back. You go down, let's say you go down to a zero and you build your way back up. You'll never get past the 30. Mm. I'll never, I'm always for the rest of my life going to keep you at arm's distance. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now a New Yorker. It's like an iPhone after about a year, how the battery just, you just can't charge it enough. Yeah. It's just unchargeable. Yeah. Or like my motorcycle, the thing's about to explode. Okay. Um, anyway, um, New Yorkers, I feel you start at zero. 
a lot of a lot of people I know from the East Coast, especially from New York, are people that are just hard to bond with. You start at zero and you have to earn their trust. And yeah. you 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 know, you might work your way all the way up. And if something like that happens, you get cut, but you can earn your trust back with them. Which I find interesting. With me, not so much, but I'll trust everybody right from the get-go. That's why I leave my cars unlocked, my house is unlocked. You could rob me right now. I like this. I like uh, hearing this side of you. You're you have you're tapping into a little bit of uh, McConaughey. Oh, wow. that's the greatest compliment you're gonna give me. I'm, I'm gonna give you all of them today and then never again. So um, now we're down to twenty five. I wish story, more people stories. <laughs> story. Uh, my podcast has a much bigger reach than than my Instagram. It doesn't look well. like it. Well, it does monthly. Um, your mom's gonna hear this. No. Yes. No. I, I will send her the link. She no, don't. This. That's messed up. I'll, I'll hang. I'll we, hang up right now. And, and I throw think this, it's interesting. I'll throw this laptop in the street. So. If my daughter did a podcast, was talking about me and and upbringing and stuff, and it was more of me understanding my daughter better at thirty six, I would love to hear that episode. So anyway, um, let's end with uh, come clarity. So you can't. So then, it, let, it, let, it, let me it, just say something. No one's ever Why, can I? Can that. I say? Can I say my phrase? It's Jeff's phrase. Uh, no, no. What my phrase is post nut clarity. I don't want, like, there's nothing about me on the internet. They're going to type in, my mom's going to type in Jeff Scarborough and the word come is going to be right after it. it so come clarity has a ring to it. it post not clarity. Not clarity sounds like, a, a, like cereal. <laughs> All right. Let's just not say the word. Anymore. Okay. Let's not say the word. Um, but the, the, uh, the, the interesting phenomenon of, um, and, 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 you know, we're, we're men. So we're just talking about uh, our experience. After you have an orgasm, the clarity in that how you feel about the person yes comes so i mean it's literally like a black light and 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 over within seconds right after you finish and i I wonder if what how if women also feel the same way but after you finish the clarity is rack focus where you go from um maybe uh distorted because of passion and hormones and being turned on to you either want the person uh to snuggle with or you want them out of your you want to get up and, and run away as far as, yeah. as fast as possible. And um, I've always felt that, and I, and, but no one's ever really talked about it. Um, and I think, and maybe People for women- People talk about it, but they don't break it down. They don't break it down. Right. Yeah. And I think for women, it's maybe like if you have a, you know, when you wake up with the person the next morning and you, it kind of comes, I don't know, comes in and settles, uh, I'm not really feeling- yeah. But with men, it's instant. It's, it's like, oh God. And not, and not even, I shouldn't have done that. It's just, I-, I this is um, okay. Let me say all this, and I really wish I got here. I, I, I was really hoping Vanessa was going to be inside so that I could ask her if if women go through this for for whatever reason. I have a lot of like yeah. girlfriends, yeah, friends yeah. that are girls, and I've never brought this up. But I'm I am curious that they do this. But me, for example, I'm not speaking for every, anybody. There's been so many times. I shouldn't say so many times. Please don't send this to my mother. There's been times where I've been talking to somebody and I've been into it and, you know, things start to get a little more intimate or physical, whatever. And on paper, I'm like, this this actually is going really well. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I could start dating this person or it could lead, lead to boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. And then, you know, sometimes you sleep with them and it could be amazing sex. Yeah. But then right afterwards, this light bulb, light bulb goes off and I'm like, I don't, I, I start to get immense guilt. I feel 
horrible and shame and like, oh my God, did I just lead this person on this whole time? And I've had those comments reciprocated to me that was like, oh, so, you know, I can see the look on your face now that you got what you want. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, I want to like this person so bad. Yeah. I, I, I hate that I have this feeling right now. Does it also go the other way where after you come, you want to be with this person? So meaning, oh, you want, like you feel no. uh, wanting to never? That's never happened. So every time after. Here's the two things that happen to me. I can be talking with someone. So it all starts the same. You're talking with someone, you're texting, you go on dates, whatever. Um, there and the people I have dated, dated, like call them girlfriends. I have been at a point with them where our first experience sexually could be the worst sex in the world. It's not going to bother me. I know for a fact, 1000% I'm going to like them afterwards. Mm. And based on what? I just know it. I just, I feel it. Okay. It, and there have been a few times where I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm, I feel confident about it. And then the, the deed happens. And then afterwards I'm like, I'm interested in continuing this and, and seeing how she feels and hopefully it's reciprocated and exploring, see where it goes from there. But, but it's just those times where you're like, I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of feel good about it. And then it happens. And then you're like, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's like I get, you know, that, that term of like being flooded if you're in an yeah. argument with someone. Yeah, yeah. I almost get so flooded with guilt and shame that my personality shuts off. And a lot yeah, of times, you know, yeah, out. They'll, check they'll, out. they'll check in on me yeah. in the morning or, or whatever, or I will. And then they'll respond. And I just have nothing to say. I just feel horrible because I want to just be upfront and tell them, but then that guilt sets in of like, oh, you're just going to be that guy that led them on and said all these things, and then you slept with them, and then you're over it. So we're talking about you know uh, dating and possibly one night stands and whatever. But if you're, what about when you're in a relationship and you are um, obviously being uh, sexually intimate? When you have an orgasm, when you're in a relationship and you love the person, is the 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 come clarity different? Is um, yeah, because that that base of feelings is there. There's no right. there's no foundation to texting and going on a few dates with someone. Yeah, you know, you, you could be in a relationship and there could be a week or a month or a few months where you have horrible sex and like there's that connection's not there. That ebb and flow you were talking about, but you can be open and communicate with them. Like, hey, I'm feeling this. Oh, I'm feeling the same way. How can we change it? And you have this open dialogue. Where with someone like that, I mean, you're like sitting at dinner and you're like, am I eating right? I mean, you don't have, you don't feel comfortable having those types of conversations with someone new. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think the point in or slash tip is uh, notice the man's behavior after he finishes because it's very telling is, I mean, that's kind of the point. I mean, when I love someone after I finish, I want to snuggle them. I want to go eat pancakes with them. I want to spend more time with them. Um, if I don't love someone, then I kind of want them out of the room. Yeah. You, you Generally know, speaking. You, you know where this, this shame or this guilt comes from? It comes from you thinking that because you had sex with someone, now you, you uh, uh, need to give them more. You need to give them a promise. You, you know, it, yeah, a bit, but you know, I don't want to stereotype men as like sex is sex, blah, blah, blah. But, um, 
and this isn't for every woman, but I, I believe that when a woman has sex with a man, you know, she is on the receiving end. She has, mm-hmm. there's like an open vulnerability sure, that she sure. has to give you. Sure. We don't have to, right. Uh, I don't want to go into details, but well, like, it, it's yes. like you're, you're like on the receiving end. There's like a mental, literally, literally yeah, receiving. Yes. spiritual, yes. physical thing that you have to receive. Like you have to take that. Yes. yes. But with us, I don't know if we like don't think that far, but it's just different. If you see a hammer, if you see a nail being <laughs> no, hammered, hammered into a piece of wood, we get, we get you're it, never yeah. like the wood is like, right. oh, the wood really gave it to that nail. You I was see talk- what I'm saying, yeah, I was talking to a therapist once years ago, like 15, 20 years ago, uh, uh, or longer, and I remember she said, um, you know, when you when you are having sex with a woman, you are literally a penetrator inside, yeah, them, John, and I don't think you'll understand as a man what. I mean, all the complex, you know, what, what that feels like, the meaning of that. It's just a different experience than men where we are – you're right. They're, 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 we're not It's receiving. even hard to say. It's hard, well, because it's hard to <laughs> articulate. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. But, yes, we're, in a way, we're not receiving. What, whatever it is, you all know what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, and we know what we're it, talking I about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it's weird to say and kind of even communicate. But um, so my guilt comes from that. I mean, I feel like oh, they like had you, to open themselves yes, up to me. You and took something. I, yeah, yes, yes, I you took, took something. something. That's it. That's it. Um, I just, and I feel guilty. And there are times where I'm like, I, I really wish, I really wish I, I like this person or I didn't feel this way. You know, but I got to say, you know, there are, in, especially in these days, um, women who can take something from men and feel pleasure and like it's totally you know, the pendulum totally. swinging the other way which is great uh where women are uh less performative or um doing it for them but more because they actually enjoy it you know and i think yeah and i and and maybe we even kind of labeled it in the way we're like it's you know not it's like the man is making the decision like there's always examples going the other way where like yeah. a female dominates a male and vice versa like it's just for my experience and the way that it's made me feel yeah and i just, don't even know if the words dominate but I, I know what you're saying but um a lot of it has to do with energy but i i i see what you're saying is the guilt the guilt uh, that you have possibly taken something from this and you you know i i you know that i think that guilt comes from that framework and i think that uh we got to stop looking at it that way because there's something about that framework that is kind of uh patriarchal in that your experience instead of it being an experience where it's uh collective and a shared experience this idea that you are taking something from a woman or that she is receiving you even though literally that that may be the case i feel um, like we've been saying the same thing for 6 minutes no but but i i think that framework is old and needs um, a new a new framework. I think it needs to be um, seen through a new lens. I guess, yeah. but I mean, yeah. is sure, but it's because but on, on their end and my end, I, I'm yeah. like you're you're saying that and and almost telling me to to not feel like that after that feeling comes. But I just it's just hard. Yes. Yes. I think it's baked in. I think a lot of it is residue from, um, can I say one more thing about that? Yes. Back to your first question about how growing up with a woman or a single mom has sort of like manifested itself into my character and everything these days. 
um, and sitting under the table and listening to all their gossip and like, oh, what did you wear? What did he say? How did how was the kiss? Blah blah. That's how I talk. That's how I communicate a lot with my friends and wanting to know details. Yeah, yeah. curious. Right, my friend's like, oh, I met this girl, I banged her last night. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Where did you meet her? What What was she wearing? What was she wearing? Where did you guys go? But to me, that's the feminine energy in you that is actually amazing. I think it's great. You know, we all have masculine, feminine energy, and that curiosity, that softness, is coming from a, a, a feminine space. It's not gendered. Yeah, but that energy is from I think growing up with um a mom. Yeah, yeah, and and you know. I love when people call and they're like, oh, I got to tell you about this. And I love that because I love to listen and like hear people gush about that. And this now coming full circle, when I talk to anybody, I mean, this can be the barista at Starbucks. This can be the barista at Starbucks and I'll have this like conversation with them and, ooh, who are you dating and blah, blah, blah. And um, so when I, when I text these, or let's say I'm texting someone new, for me, uh, we're talking about come clarity on my no, podcast. No, stop saying come. My mom's going to listen. <laughs> Post not clarity. Yes. I wish you could chime in on this real quick. Yeah. You want to chime in on this a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I, I really do have a question. Okay. Yeah, okay. Seat. Real quick. Re- real quick. Real quick. This is going to be 30 seconds. Vanessa's here. Guys are meeting with a girl. They go on a date, whatever. It goes really well. How are you, by the way? I haven't seen you in a while. You're going on a date, goes well. Mm-hmm. You go back. You're like, I'm really into this date and things are going well. And you start kissing and getting mm-hmm. touchy-feely and then you have sex. And then in your head, you're like, I want to get out of here. Mm. You immediately have that post-nut clarity. And and maybe not even the first time, but like, let's say you've been talking to them for- What's oh, the clarity? I don't actually- like The way that person? she's asking me is making me feel- Yeah, that I, I kind of that yeah. I don't like this person. And let's say it's someone that I- well, Wait a second, wait a second. Pause for a second. So the clarity- Wait, hold on. Let me finish. Okay, go. go, Let me finish the whole thing. Let's actually take a better example of like, I've gone on four or five dates with this girl. Okay. We've been talking, having great talk. I'm attracted to her. We have this mental, spiritual connection, whatever. And then we sleep together and I'm like, all my feelings go away immediately. Yes. The second after we have sex- Kind of assumed that they slept together. He he came. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that though, John. Um. And then it goes away and then I get rushed with like this feeling of, of guilt and shame, whatever. But all my friends and I have talked about this and this happens with all of them, but I've never talked to a woman about if they go through that same thing. Uh, oh God, I don't think they do. Uh I kind of feel, I don't know, I guess there's a few things coming up. One, I feel like I've never had a moment of clarity after orgasm because I feel like I know going into it whether I want this person in my bed long term or not. Like I either go in with a clarity of like, I'm just going into this to get laid or I'm going into this with clarity of like, I like this person and so now I'm going to sleep with them. And and if if you're, if you've been on a couple dates mm-hmm. and you guys haven't slept together yet. hmm and then you do, knowing that after that, maybe a, another time or a mm-hmm. couple more times, whatever, you've probably already communicated to them that it's either going to be once or a couple times and you don't see that this relationship going long term. Um, I mean, <laughs> ideally yes. I've communicated it to them, but it, that probably hasn't happened every okay. time. I okay. mean, 
But also, I don't know that I would. I'm trying to think of like examples. Her brother's 20 feet away, by the way. I know. <laughs> That's why I didn't say, well, she didn't start having orgasms until she met me. <laughs> me talk about my orgasms and sleeping with men. Let's make him really uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying to think of examples of when I've brought somebody home and I've known that it was just sex where they haven't also been on the same page. Like, I don't know that I've had an experience, and I might, I have to think about it. I don't know if I've had an experience where I have, I'm going to use the word, like manipulated another person, sorry, to come home and sleep with me when I didn't already know and we weren't kind of already energetically on the same page. Okay, wait, I'm not saying I know. I think in my head, there's been so many times where I'm like, I'm talking with someone, I'm like, this is going really well. I'm like, I'm into her and I have this like, mental and spiritual connection with her and we're just like on the same page we have a good rapport blah 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 and we go and then one night we start hooking up and then boom and i'm over it we're we're talking about cum clarity we now have a live audience dude (laughs) after you finish the clarity that comes to you about the other person yeah he's asking like if because so many men there's no manipulation i I don't i'm not i'm not manipulating i don't think it's a conscious thing I still think our unconscious can be manipulative. It doesn't mean that you're doing it manipulative. Like it doesn't mean that consciously you're doing it with a, with ill intentions. But but can I do it? Can it? Like, Codependency get, is manipulative, but it's not an ill intentioned. Do you know what I mean? Can it get to the point where it's like, oh, all these things are going well. We've got this one thing to kind of our our, our last little well, so little battle is that, here. Is that thing not good? Are you having bad sex? Like is the is the is the connection? No, sometimes it's happened. I've had great sex. Okay. And the connection's been there, and then we have great sex, and then it just ends. I don't know why. Here's the point. The phenomenon is, uh, um, and this is just because I'm I'm a a man, and a lot of men can relate to this. After they- You're a what? A man. You said a mena. A mena. I was like, a what? An amenope. I'm a mena because I'm 50 now, so I'm man and uh, (laughs) something else. See anemone. After men, men ejaculate, there is a strange thing that happens almost instantly, and it's very powerful where they are either wanting to cuddle and nurture and be with this person, or they kind of want them out of their room. There's a shift in energy. I don't know if it happens for women, but it's a biological thing. Well, I they're, don't think you can use words like that without having research to back it up. Like well, it's a biological thing. Well, for, right for me, you're a research. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it's a biological thing, but almost every guy I've talked to, and that's, that's where this term came from is... Uh, when we were talking about it at lunch the other day, the clarity, the rack focus that happens after you ejaculate. Okay, so I'm not going to be able to articulate this completely without without like kind of taking it away and thinking about it more. But what's coming up for me, and I like I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to connect all the dots. I'll kind of like close the circle, but I'm going to just say what's coming up. Because in our society, men have been conditioned to not feel. And the only way that you have been conditioned is is culturally acceptable to be connected to your emotional and spiritual self is through anger or through fucking, right? Those are the only two ways that the patriarchal society has said you will not get shamed or shunned for feeling something in these two realms, right? So to me, it feels something like there is a um, a siphoning, and again, I'm not saying this is conscious, a siphoning off of this woman's sexual, emotional, spiritual energy so that you can feel something 
for once as a man who's been taught you can't. I'm never dating again. And then what happens is you have this clarity after the fact and you there is guilt and shame. I mean, you mentioned it. It feels like it has something to do with that. And like I said, I can't close the loop because I have to really sit with what the end result of the clarity is bringing you, but it feels a little bit like that. And that's why like that word manipulated even came up for me. Well, we're, we're is, asking, again, it's not conscious. Well, right? I, I agree with you. There's many layers there, but there is a, I believe that there's a biological element. And so we just want to know, is there one for women? I would say you would have to look it up in order to say it's biological or not. But, just because but, but, you, but, but look, uh, no, yeah, but, but asking a guy this, if you brought this up within two seconds, say, oh, yeah, totally know what you're talking about. No, the no, fact I get that, that but that's the biological. No, 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 that no. means it could be social. That still means it could be conditioned because every man you're talking to lives in the society that we live in. Yeah. So just sure. because it happens to all of you doesn't mean but it's a biological, biological thing. So, biological, social, any of that. Just the fact that it's a shared experience. It's, it's a shared experience. Sure. And you. It seems like you don't have that conversation. So there's another woman that's sitting behind the camera for those who can't see. So what I said before you walked up was it's I don't think that I've had a moment of clarity after orgasm where I have suddenly been like, I I want this person on my bed or I don't. I think I have known going into the sex that either this is just sex and afterwards we're done or this is more than just sex. I want to like see where this goes because I have some kind of emotional connection with this person. I don't think I've ever had a moment of clarity where like the actual orgasm is the thing that tells me yes or no, unless the sex was really bad. The man wasn't connected to me. They weren't concerned about my pleasure, right? Like then that happens. And then, yeah, after the fact, I'm like, oh, I, I'm not doing I'm, this. I'm telling you, I am convinced all, everything that you are saying, I think is true. So I think there are many, many layers. I think uh, society, uh, programming, um, guilt that men carry, because we we're just talking about how with energies women are receiving. I mean, even like literally mm -hmm. because of our body parts, um, the, the, the pressures that we as men put on to now take care of because we just had sex. There's a lot of stuff happening, but I'm telling you, there is a... It, Don't say biological again, please. Here's here, here here's how I know. Here's how I know. No, wait, here's how I know. Without having Here's research. how I know. It also happens when I'm masturbating. It happens when I'm so when I'm by myself it happens. So well, what do, do you clear go, about? Do, do girls go through that too? No, I'm telling that, you. That's it. I, I've always wanted to know. Right no, in my ear. Because I just had a revelation. But you don't have you, to be with anyone. Well, what are you clear about if you're doing it when after you're by you yourself? come? We're talking about come later. After you finish, okay. after a man finishes, whether he's with someone or not, because so after I masturbate, yes. right after I, I masturbate, okay. there's this instant like, oh my God, almost I, like I, I was possessed. That. And then disgusting. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a snapback, almost like I was possessed. And then I was just awakened <laughs> and like, and like I, I either feel guilt or I feel or whatever, like, uh, um, so, so if it's, if, it, if I'm watching porn or it, there's, there's residue that happens instantly and you finish, that's, I'm telling you, it's biological. You're on your phone. You're looking biological. at porn. I think you, that's you, I you, think you're experiencing shame. I'm by I think myself? No, I don't think it doesn't it's. Matter. It's, okay. So if, I, if I'm, if I'm fantasizing, it still happens. It doesn't matter. I don't think that's biology. I think you guys are struggling well, with layers of shame and what we've no, been no. taught is okay and no, not but, okay. But, and like, but you can't, that may be true, but you, you, I, it, you can't say that because I, I can't say what a woman goes through. I'm just showing, telling you my experience. I can say that because you're claiming biology on something that you don't have research to back up and say it's biology. It's not about whether or not this is your mental experience, but just saying you can't say it's biological. I don't know. We have to, we'd have to research that more. And that is interesting because I forgot about the whole like whacking your noodle and getting the same yeah, kind of feeling. That's proof. Yeah, that's proof. 
That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's, it's proof that it's a shared experience. I'm not denying that it's a shared but do, experience. But do girls go I'm through just that? curious to know what. Do girls go through that? I don't. That's crazy. That's, that's what I'm saying. We always go through that. I feel great. Men do it. <laughs> But it's it's definitely it definitely has to do in the shame category because if I'm if I'm looking at my thing. if I'm looking at my phone doing it and then I finish I'm yeah. like oh my god delete my history but well get out of here. There's a shame I component to pop it. Pop out of the shower. And then but I'm also good. I think that the shame component it's not like I think women are shamed for our sexuality. I think there's a lot of shame for men around how much men use women as an object. Because I don't think spiritually as beings, you don't come into the world looking at a woman as an object to be jacked off to. Great. You develop that. You learn that. That is also how you're taught that women should yeah, be looked I mean, at and objectified. There's definitely an so there. there's shame in that because that's not who you are at your core. Right. It's what patriarchy has taught you is your right about women to use them as fucking objects. So- I but, agree but with that. If, but, there's a, but that's about, a big piece, but I, I still believe there's a. There's God, a well, there's if a we were ever in an argument, I would just. If we were in an argument, I would just whittle away under the table. She would just. Well, eat me alive. when we argue, we all eat take me a lot. Well, listen, listen. Are we arguing? When we argue, no, but even the way you talk, it's well, like, because, oh my god, because she's 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 very passionate. But uh, says the man yelling in my ear. We, we all, no, we're all coming into any kind sure. of argument through a different lens and a different take. So the door that she's entering through is going to be because of who she is, what she's passionate about. The collective, society, patriarchy, spiritual, all of well, that. Well, you can't say that there's not. I, I get what which, you're saying about there. there being yeah. a biological element to it because. Of course there, there is. is. There right. has to be something to do with release of, you know, whether it's oxytocin or whatever it is. Like, yes, that has to contribute to it. So I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that by strictly saying it's biological, I think you're no, minimizing not yeah, maybe not strictly. a sure. lot of what's sure, actually. Sure, sure. No, I, I sure. think you're more accurate. Sure. We now have a live audience. Hey, Brandon, after you finish, okay. whether I'm going to get by yourself kid. or with another person, does something happen in your brain where you 100% I'm telling you. Vanessa's gonna beat your ass. Beat his ass. Beat his ass. Men, men I'm telling. I just, I just since I was twelve, there, there is something about men that when they hide finish, it. something happens to them. Yes, but there are other layers. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, speaking of of finishing, let's we let's let's take a cold cold bath. Do you? Have, do We're you gonna have, end with ice. Do you ever win an argument against her? No way. It's it's I don't. Uh, you know what? Uh, we disagree on a lot of things, but um, we. Oh, look at her. She's not. Um, I, I think for us, it's not about winning or losing. So, no, so there's no, seriously, I don't, I don't think it's about, that's like, that's like the social what? biological thing. Yeah. I, I think, I think, um, uh, have you guys ever gone toe to toe and he's won? Well, we don't see it as winning or losing. No, I don't want to talk about like, I don't, I don't want the therapist, therapist, layman's terms. We both have one, of course. We, 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 okay, we see wait, the world, wait, wait we see the world answer. very differently. Look, no, she I'm, said no. I'm all street. She I'm dominates not, you. She doesn't dominate me. Dominate she you. doesn't dominate me. She does. Hey, man, this episode's going off the rails. We are live on Instagram. We are, okay. Um, Dude, you got crushed. I'm not going to unedit any of it. I'm not going to edit. I didn't get crushed. Based on what? Your whole confidence, the whole confidence in your face. Okay, so this is, this is toxic masculinity. Your eyes this is locker room shit happening. Well, if I see. Uh, this is oh bullying. You guys are bullying now. God. Hey, this is toxic masculinity happening in real time. That's why you're out in the garage. So why, why, so that you wait, go in the wait, why did we go from, wait, why would we go from talking about cum clarity to you 
now positioning me and Vanessa and then saying, oh, she dominates you. She because crushes. when she was telling me all that stuff, it gave me the same feeling I get after that whole post on Clarity. I mean, just that feeling of like, oh my God, she's so right. Like everything that she said made me want to like crawl out of my skin and under the well, table. Well, well we, could, we could both be right in that her approach is always going to be collective, societal, other influences. Intellectual. I, I don't know. I'm always going to be street. So going to be what street? Bring it to street, street level. Not like 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 practical <laughs> like Glendale, like Glendale. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you okay. for listening. Hey, um, thanks for being on my podcast. Should we kiss? Do you want to kiss? No. Should we you kiss? Miss, you missed a little hair on your lip. I only I can only grow. I can't grow facial hair. Oh God. We done? Yes. <laughs>